Good morning, and welcome to SJL Daily. I'm Lisa Bond, and today we're going to take a look at 1 Kings 10 through 12, particularly the first part of chapter 11. As we've made our way through 1 Kings and Solomon's reign, we can remember back to chapter 2, when his father David told him to keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. Remember that? Well, apparently Solomon didn't either. As one commentator points out, it doesn't get much easier than this. God's will was clear because it was spelled out in laws, commandments, rules. It was available because they had the law of Moses. And it was beneficial. If you do these things, you will prosper. In no way could Solomon say, I didn't have what I needed to rule over these people. They left me in the dark. He had all he needed and could have wanted and more from the very beginning because the Lord's desire was for his kingdom and his people to flourish so that his name would be glorified. So let's look at Solomon in chapter 11 at the end of his reign. We'll start reading in verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after other gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, And his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. You might remember from previous study in Deuteronomy 17, the king was not to acquire many horses or much gold or many wives. But why? God gives additional commentary on accumulating wives. He said, lest his heart turn away. We all know the influence that human relationships have on us, even greater than our horses and our gold, because in them we are trying to please someone else. In 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote about the difference between the unmarried and the married. He says that if you're unmarried, you can be anxious about the things of the Lord. But if you're married, you'll be anxious about pleasing your spouse, and your interests will be divided. Well, Solomon took that equation and multiplied it, or divided it rather, by a thousand women, and God came up on the short end. Despite the absolute privilege of the Lord appearing to him twice, and a godly father who reminded him to stay on the right path, Solomon thought that he knew better, and before he knew it, he was covered up with the consequences of his worldly passions. Here's one thing to consider with this passage. In verse 4, it reads that when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. If you happen to be in that upper category in years, you might be able to relate to feeling less passion than you did when you were younger. Maybe you feel a little softer. We had a good family friend growing up, and as she got older, her famous line was, I've done my bit. In other words, let the younger ones do it. I've had enough. And I'm not sure that's exactly in keeping in line with Scripture, because remember God's servant Moses? At the end of Deuteronomy, we read that Moses was 120 years old when he died. 
His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. Moses did not enter into spiritual retirement. God still had work for him to do until the day that he died, as he does for all of his children. But Solomon did not guard his life over the years. And when he became old, it caught up with him. Instead of the spiritually vigorous and passionate man of God that his father David was, although not perfect as we all know, Solomon's wealth and his women had lulled him into a kind of stupor that left him not only ineffective in leading others, but also dangerous because he was guiding them into idolatry. As a church, we certainly want to focus on the next generation, but as we do that, we don't want to neglect ministry to our seniors. It's those people to whom the youth should be looking to see what the Christian life really looks like. They need the example of someone or lots of someones other than their parents. As we look at Solomon's life, how can we continue to love and serve the Lord all the days of our lives? And instead of demanding that the young people do the work of the kingdom, how can we be leading them, serving them, instead of sitting back and expecting others to serve us? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the warning that you have given us in your word of not listening to your clear instructions. May we be faithful to do whatever you call us to do until the day that you call us to your side. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.